0: Don Rahul Jimenez.
1: Hi amateurs that? Like, you don't even see that down the park. If they if they lose it fight's great content.
0: The with
1: your head? I am supporting every team that Fez break. I'm not making a documentary this year about how shit my
0: club is. Mudman, thank you as always. Yeah. Man, always. Who would you rather lose it to, by the way, me or Johnny?
2: That's somebody's choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Football Babble Pod. Um, myself, Phil and Brenton. Hello, Brenton. Hello there. Uh, the Brain, uh, Patrick Renshaw. Hello, Patrick.
3: Good evening, fellas.
0: And the bold one, Darth Mod. how are you, sir?
1: Uh, I'm good, but you and Finn are in my bad books.
0: I don't give a fuck. What that? Like, <laughs> Literally, literally,
1: <laughs> what, what you said yesterday happened when you used two stopwatches in the Ireland game, they went to shade. <laughs> so it's your fault. Yeah,
0: it literally did. I turned it off and they get, they get done in, and people get uh, HIAs and everything. Like, but I mean, that's what happens. You can blame, yeah, I'll tell you what, Andy Farrell, in your press conference the other week, he just blamed me and Finn. Um, it is, Same rule, no, obviously,
2: doesn't apply for Liverpool, though.
0: No, clearly not. <laughs> um, it is Monday the 8th of February. We're motoring through February, folks. Um, We're going to chat a lot about this week, about, about what's been going on. Obviously, Liverpool were absolutely hoofed yesterday by Man City, so we'll get into that. Um, Everton, Clawback, Manchester United, and, and what that might mean for the title race. Uh, Tammy Tooch is marching as Chelsea in the top four race. They're only one point behind Liverpool now, which is uh, horrific. And um, we'll talk about, obviously, the Arsenal and what went on and more referee controversy over the weekend. Like This just won't stop. Um, we'll probably start with Liverpool being Man City, I'd imagine. Uh, it's obviously deemed as the big game of the weekend. A lot of people saying it was sort of the title decider. Um Know whether you thought Liverpool was still in tight race or not, it's a different matter. But Patrick, uh, didn't go to plan for Liverpool, sir.
3: No, no, it didn't. It was absolute <laughs> shite. Again, like it's basically, like, basically this happens every week. We just talk about how shite Liverpool are.
0: Um, yeah. It's just, uh, this, I told Patrick this already on the phone, so this will set the tone for perhaps me and Patrick tonight on the podcast. My dad is battling cancer, and he texted me last night saying, this is making my cancer feel worse. That's how bad Liverpool played yesterday. This is what he texted me to say. This is making my cancer <laughs> feel worse, and then turned it off. And he come. I was talking to him the night on the phone, and he says, I couldn't be fucking watching. Um, there's me crushed twice. I couldn't be effed watching that, like once it went 3-1. He actually texted me as well last night just saying, they're a bunch of tossers as well so that's how you felt paddock so how how do you feel a day on from Liverpool getting done in by Pep's brilliant Man City
3: yeah yeah the, the dust has settled a little bit uh, um it's not quite as raw but it was a very disappointing performance you know getting hooked at home is never good especially by by sort of your closest rival um we were deservedly beaten you know Allison had a couple of errors um which were very uncharacteristic, and he's got enough goodwill in the bank that no one should be giving him too much chip about that. But uh you know, even probably Foden's goal, I know it was absolutely smashed and it was a great strike, but I'm sure he would look back on that and think he could have done a little bit better. I don't even think it was pretty straight at him, you know, and, and I did know I know it came fast, but yeah, just just per performance. I like, I think Everyone was bad, possibly bar Curtis Jones. I'd maybe give him a bye ball. I thought he played quite well. I thought he was neat and tidy in possession. He was positive with the ball. He by far looked our most creative and interested party. Um, And yeah, just, I don't know. It's hard to put your finger on. I I think, you know, Again, it's not like a broken record. I'm not going to go into the centre-halves and all because everyone's sick of fucking hearing about centre-halves. We know we don't have them. But, you know, Firmino has been really off the boil now for the best part of the year. Even towards the end of our title-winning season, he he wasn't quite as sharp. He wasn't bringing as much to, to the Liverpool party. And if he's not playing, the team doesn't play. You know, Klopp has said before that he's the most important player in the team. He really, he is Liverpool in a lot of senses. He is the complete focal point of that, you know, false nine formation and and creating space for the two devastatingly fast wide forwards to score half of goals as they do. But whenever he's not pressing well, when his touch is off, you know, when he's totally devoid of confidence, uh, he's a passenger. And, and we we can't really be dealing with passengers at the minute, considering the injury crisis. So, I think that's part of the reason we've been so blunted up front. And I think Diogo Jota can't return quickly enough. Really, it'll be a real welcome boost back to the back to the Liverpool side.
2: But do you think? Yeah. The, the, sorry, Patrick. Do you think Klopp made a mistake with the starting team? Um yeah. No, none of the new center mm-hmm. halves, um, uh, which gave you. You've definitely overrun in midfield and, and Thiago didn't really get to have an impact on the game.
3: Yeah Personally I, I know I know we obviously lost the game, but I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily have changed the starting lineup. I think it would have been very difficult to start a twenty-year-old, you know, defender who's just arrived in this country um for his first game against the champions elect really I think if he had been absolutely roasted by Sterling and, and Gundogan and Bernardo and Foden I think it, you know that could have a real detrimental effect going forward for him he's thinking Jesus I have a long way to go here and I think you know I know they signed the guy from Preston but realistically they're not going to throw him in either so I can see why they did what they did uh, I think Quebec has to play the next game and um, Against Leicester, there's no point signing them if they're if they're not going to play them at some stage. But I, I can understand the logic of not playing them, not thrusting them into it against Man City. Uh, yeah,
0: I would have played them. Um, I think. Um, what about
2: do you do, you, do you, like Mm-mm. do Liverpool have a a fullback problem at the moment? Uh, because yeah. Alexander yeah. Arnold, like I, I mean, I know Sterling, I know Sterling's one of them. One of the best players in the league, but I mean, he looked—he looked like he was going to beat Alexander Arnold every time down that side. He's I no think competition. There's only
0: one time, there's only there's only yeah. Well, that that doesn't help either. Like I think Nico Williams is is a bit far off Trent's uh, level still yet. Um, but he only he only took he only really I can remember him stopping, starting once that was in the first half. And he looked really nervous the rest of the game every time Sterling sort of went at him or someone went at him. It's a, it's a weird one um, because he ha- he has been so good for two, three seasons and his, and his end product, like some was passing even yesterday, was still great. Like there was a crossfield ball right at the Robinson, which is unbelievable and, and he was good against Spurs uh, and against West Ham. But I, I think that there needs to be a conversation now at the Rupuil about, and I know people don't like this, but seeing... If Trent can move into midfield and, and if he can fit in midfield and, and where he can go from there. and, I, like He's still only young, so there's no reason why he can't slap back in. That's where he played when he was younger and, and perform really well in midfield and become a really, really good midfielder because he, he is a very good player. He's, just, he's having a really bad dip at the minute and it doesn't help that he doesn't have Joe Gomez behind him. And maybe what this is showing up as well is how much Gomez maybe covered for him without me trying to be too harsh on him. You Because know, of Gomez's pace, he was able to pull out, pull out of a hole a lot. So was Van Dijk. And, and maybe there was a lot of times that Trent was maybe beat. If you look, I don't know, haven't looked back at the games. And Gomez was there to cover and, and protect him and, and and win the ball back. So I, I would have played Quebec because Quebec's the centre-half. And Jordan Henderson and Fabinho aren't. And Fabinho was more defensive-minded, don't get me wrong. But we needed Jordan Henderson in midfield massively yesterday. Because when it, especially when it went 2-1. Because at one all Liverpool were in the game. And they were probably edging to being a little bit of the better side. And then Alston has his first brain fart. And you can just see the whole confidence just saps. And especially midfield, It couldn't get the ball. It was gone. And you needed Henderson in there to start being a bit of a general and start trying to get a foot in the hole of the game for Liverpool and start winning the ball and putting tackles in and, and just making things happen and conducting more from midfield because he can't do it from defence. And then Alston has another one. You can't legislate for that. And the game's gone. Do you know what I mean? And and like it, not to take it away and sound like sar but Man City were excellent when they got their chances. They were clinical. Phil Foden. I don't know what you used to think now. I know we've said before got all this hype about him, but he actually looks like he might be unbelievable. He looks like he is going to be a very special boy.
1: Mm, yeah, he, he he played very well, and he has been playing very well this season. Like, and um, I I can understand why Klopp didn't play the new center has, because like, imagine if you put them in yesterday and you still got whacked 4-1, like their confidence is going to be on the floor. So, yeah. uh, like you're playing Man City, you're in very, very good form. You know, what's that, 10 wins in a row or something crazy like that? So, you can understand why Liverpool, they didn't... Like,
2: it's Liverpool, Jerry. like really, you know, you want, you're not going to say, like, Red right, Klopp isn't going to sign players that he doesn't rate for a start. Uh, if Liverpool had a won that game yesterday... Um, they're they're massively in the title race, and I think it would have been worth risking. Uh, think of uh, I know you and Paddy, uh, I get your point about it not being maybe smart if you're going to get hammered, and then the boy's confident is low. But imagine they won that game and he played well. You know that gives him such a boost for the running and Liverpool then get. A double advantage because they can throw Henderson in a, or Fabinho into midfield and um, really push on and, and pull the, the whole team forward because I think that's part of Alexander-Arnold and, and Robertson's problem is that they're used to starting higher up the pitch like with Van Dijk and Gomez they're they're used to maybe defending higher up the pitch and, and receiving the ball higher up the pitch as well um, when they're attacking and defending so when, when they're starting to Bit further back, because Henderson and Fabinho, understandably, don't understand that position as well as Van Dijk and Gomez. Then you know Sterling is, is flying at Alexander Arnold, and if he passes him, he's in the box, and and that's where the the penalty came from. Do you know what I mean? So I think it would have been worth the risk yeah. to have definitely Cal back and I can honestly younger fella being risked, but he, even him with Fabinho, I think would have been. You know, you never know. Do you know what I mean? Liverpool needed the points.
1: Yeah, no, no, I can understand. Like it's, it's hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? Like you know, we we can look back on it now and think, what if? But I think there's been a lot of players. Like I think Sadio Mane has been. like it's like he hasn't been there for a while. I don't know. He just hasn't mm. been hitting the house that he that he was. And like the penalty yesterday, I thought it was very soft. But you know, in in today's terms, it's a penalty. And. I mean like Salah was like the freaking crucifix, you know, going down like I was like, Jesus Mary St. Joseph, but the, the kind of what I was thinking about it today was like if that was a penalty, now we've heard a lot about how what is a red card and penalties and blah blah blah. But if if there was contact there and he pulled him down because he tried why
0: well, he wasn't he sent off.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. why why that was why nice. Yeah, why 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 and not I don't wanna say side into Arsenal at the moment, like but I just don't understand why that wasn't a record if the referee thought, you know, he pulled him down and going for the ball, you know, it's, it's I don't know, I don't know what you thought. I'm sure like Phil, I'm sure you you've said many times you don't give a fuck. Um if Mo Salah falls over with the slightest touch if he went penalties and scores goals like and why would any football fan really, like if it's your team, like why would you care? But I don't know what you thought about that at the time when the match was going on.
0: I don't think it should ever be a red card because I think awarding a penalty is a punishment enough. So, well, David Luis shouldn't have been sent off. That rule? was daft. The, Nobody the, knows. The rule The rule is.
3: My understanding <clears> the <throat> rule um, is if they attempt to play the ball and they give away a penalty, you can't be red carded. That falls under that double jeopardy rule. But if you haven't made a viable attempt to play the ball, like if it's clear you're not attempting to play the ball, and you can give away a penalty, and you can still be red-carded.
1: Yeah, that's my understanding of it as well.
0: I I wouldn't wouldn't red-card a player. You're given... And it's the same thing as well, right? You know when a goalkeeper makes that foul, and then they send him off too? You're Mm -hmm. already given the team a penalty. Penalties are easier to score now, because the keeper can't move off his lane, unless the keeper is uh, massive. Unless he's fucking Thanos starting in goals. You're you're gonna score, like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Realistically you're gonna score. If you miss or if you do you do a one and you put it over the bar, then that's on you, but you've got a brilliant chance to score, so that's punishment enough. Then you send I, a player I, against I the team agree. gets a penalty against them and then a player sent off. That shouldn't be it shouldn't be the rule. The David Louise thing, and this is after we ready a quarter put was an absolute farce. A farce of a sending off. A joke, like and kill that game for Arsenal then, and it would have been, it might have been the same yesterday for Man City, and there would have been, what would would've swung the results, and there would have been all sorts been said, and it would have been the wrong decision. So I'm glad he didn't send him off, and um, because it would have problem been problem is I, the like, consistency. Yeah, massively, massively.
2: Because there, there's as Jedi says, like there's no real difference in the. Actually, it's very hard to see David Luiz touching, um. Yeah, I don't know who, who is it. He files? Ings. Is that even very, uh, yeah.
0: No, it's um, uh, what do you call him? Was it Nato? Yeah,
1: I think that was him. Yeah, I think. A, oh, I uh, yes. I, yeah,
2: yeah, whoever it was, anyway. There's um, it, it's very hard to even see contact. And again, um, the Diaz one is is probably more of a penalty. I know Salah makes up most of it, but as somebody said, um, I don't know if it was Mega Richards or somebody said, if Salah. Like it was a foul, and Salah was going through on goal. Um, if Salah didn't go down, would he have got that penalty? And y- you no. don't know. You've no confidence in the referees to
0: yeah.
2: make that call. So I, I, I fully agree with him going down, um, because he was fouled rather than calling it a dive. Um, yeah. but the, yeah, the, the problem is the the inconsistency on the refs. I think somebody said already don't don't really know themselves.
0: Yeah. What did you make of clubs' uh, press conference, sort of, or yeah, afterwards, and like, I, I have a little. I know what this is like because I, am lucky enough. I get to do this at the minute for uh, BBC NI, so I get to go and do the Irish leagues uh, press conference afterwards. And I'm always, I've only done like four or five of them, but this week I've got the to be some of the, the biggest names in the are League and I've absolutely been dunging myself in the couple of minutes before the managers come out to talk to them and so this I don't know the journalist's name but he, he's waiting to speak the club and you only get so many questions you literally are on a time limit because at the end of the day the managers want to be away they don't want to talk to you Do you know what I mean and especially one that's just been hoofed 4-1 by the, one of their biggest rivals and and that's the title race done for them now so we have to look elsewhere. So he's gonna be in bad mood, but your man asks him a question, and it's not a bad question. It's a, it's an actual. There's nothing wrong with that question. He asks him basically along the lines of, um, "And if I get this wrong, boys, correct me. Here, like you're th- something. Like, you're 13 points behind Man City now. Do you think that's the title race gone? Basically, and Clapp snaps at him and snaps at him about having only two questions. And I don't know what you make of this, but he's starting Clap with when he loses, he's bad anyway, but he's starting to show now that he's getting really, and really annoyed, and I wonder how much this is affecting just Liverpool's run at the minute.
3: Yeah, like, you know, Klopp has formed for this, like, obviously you and I, Philly, will have seen most Klopp press conferences over the last five years or so. Mm-hmm. When Liverpool lose or turn in a particularly turgid performance, he will come out, and he can be very rally, and I suppose it correlates this season. We've we've been on this unbelievable trajectory for five years. We have got better year on year. You know, uh, more achievements, more trophies, more points, more goals. Everything is just going one way, and this has been the first little roadblock. And it's clear that he's not. He hasn't coped with it well. He's been fairly classless at times. You know, his ride with Des Kelly was the wrong way to go about. In you know, a uh, sort of showing his displeasure at the, the fixture. Um, commitments and then this one at the weekend which uh, you know I've, I've only seen this evening and um, is just per form like you you wouldn't want to shouldn't treat anyone like that and, and that was per um but i do re- i do really enjoy the man united fans jumping on clock because it's not like ferguson refused to give interview for seven years to the bbc and was uh, yeah. you know classless as well at times but i suppose these people are competitors and it's it, it's not it's not to uh you know, make light of what Klopp did because I think it is totally wrong. But, you know, there's plenty of managers that, that do it as well.
2: Yeah, I don't have a huge problem with it. Um, you, you see, yeah. managers get ratty about, you know, the smallest of things. And you've seen it in the Premier League this season. Like Lampard, before he got sacked, certainly had his moments too. Um Solskjaer's had his moments. Pep. I mean, Pep Guardiola constantly has moments like that with the media, so um, I don't think it's a huge issue. I think it's just uh, an indication of where Liverpool are at and the frustration that that club's feeling because um, we, we're probably so used to seeing the happy, smiley club, um, and it's just it's just a, a bit of a different insight uh, into how Liverpool are getting on at the minute, but I don't think it's a, it's a huge story or anything like I think it just no. demonstrates his, his frustration
0: I think people seem to forget as well uh, that like footballers and, and athletes are, are also living this pandemic just because they get to go out on the field or a court or or in their ring and perform doesn't mean they're completely alien to what's going on so there are other outside stresses possibly going on I also don't know your Klopp so I'm just like uh, hypothetically saying this, so people were saying over the last couple of weeks how stressed he is. He's starting to get really ratty and really annoyed and blah, 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 and constant things, and he's cracking or he's bottling it and all this here. But he's, like, he's probably sitting in his house just outside Liverpool, can go to training, go home, can go to matches, go home. You know, his fat most of his family's probably in Germany. He can't go and see and do what he maybe was doing beforehand. When Liverpool had a break, he was able to go maybe and travel for a couple of days and take you know, recharge and rest. And people are forgetting this. And that always seems to be the way in sport, that people forget that these athletes and managers and coaches, they're actually human beings like us as well. And they're constantly forget it. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you have to just be a robot and have to show no emotions at all. Just be yourself. Now, I disagree with what Klopp did to that journalist. And I, I would like to think he'll maybe apologize afterwards. We won't see that. But we don't need to see it. But, yeah, it was, it was a weird one. Do you think... Before we move on and talk about um, the rest of the league and what went on, do you think that and I'm just Johnny and, and Brenton here, obviously because you're the two neutrals, that think this Liverpool team is maybe like at a bit of a burnout stage and maybe needs to be more freshened up, or, or or do you think maybe it's just it's just this season the injuries have caught up with them and they'll come back again next year? Yeah, injuries have
1: definitely caught up with them, but. It's I've seen a lot of people compare this Liverpool side to Klopp's Dortmund side and it just burnt out completely. Um the dude, uh, like like I said earlier about Trent, um you need more competition for places because nobody has really challenged the likes of Trent or Robertson for for a spot. Um I know you brought in the young guy from Olympia, because he think's a, a left back, but
0: um yeah
1: definitely like like Sadio Mane and Firmino like you brought in uh, Diego Jota unfortunately he's got injured and was fantastic prior to getting injured and really got me great fantasy points uh, Minamino like is away to Southampton and uh, I know people joke that's the best way in the Liverpool team like but I don't know it hasn't really worked out for him so far so I don't know like maybe you should cash in on Mo Salah in the summer because like he flirted with Barcelona or something didn't he recently and I don't know. Uh, it could be if you if you are smart again, the way is where we will continue and sell Salah and rebuild. That might be the way forward. You know, post pandemic. I don't know, but um, I, th- I think once Liverpool get you know the main squad back next year, fresh and fit, they'll go again. Like we obviously have the Euros coming up this summer, so that doesn't help um really anybody um, but. It had, they have been destroyed by injuries, like um, Arsenal got destroyed by injuries, I remember, in, in 2006, in the run of the Champions League, you know, Ashley Cole was injured and so Campbell, and there were a lot of players missing, so I, I can see how, how it really could affect the team, and it obviously is frustrating for Klopp as well, not having his best team to pick, but again, like I'll agree with you, it there's no excuse for the way he treated that journalist, like, if you put yourself in that situation, you know, getting destroyed by one of the top managers in the world is not nice, and so many people in the world are going to see that interview now. Like so. Yeah, I can understand his frustration but at the same time I don't think there was any need to take it out in the guy who's just trying to do his job.
2: I think Liverpool are, um, I don't think their squad depth is great. Um, I, like, <clears throat> when you look at, like, I don't think Shaqiri is good enough. I don't think Origi is good enough. Um, obviously you have Jada who is a massive mess, and yes, like the defense, back is, training there. Yeah, uh, they're both uh, Jada and Van Dijk are doing some sort of training, aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, I don't think their their squad, especially for those front players, uh, I don't think they're being put under put under enough pressure in a way um, to keep their place. But also, I think the bigger issue is that they. Have have played so so many games um and at, at this level and the way Liverpool play and the intensity. Um I think there's certain games that Klopp probably could have left them out if he had better options. Um but you know there wasn't there wasn't a a, a good enough replacement for César or or Mane, um to I don't know, you know, win a an away game against a lower league team or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So they've constantly had to play and had to play, um, and I think they'll. That's probably what they'll they'll look at in the future. And, and the same for um, Alexander Arnold. You know, he he probably hasn't had great competition uh, to really push him for his place. <clears throat> and again, him and Robertson have played a lot of games in the last couple of years. Uh, and the way they play as well, getting up and down and um, joining in the attack and having to still defend. Uh, I think it's it'll be. I think when you look at Man City squad, for example, <clears throat> it's it's far and beyond any other squad in the Premier League because they can take out, you know, two, three, four players and replace them with probably the exact same quality. Um, and I think you've seen that from City in the recent run, I think it's 11 wins in a row now, 12 wins in a row, um, and, you know, yesterday even against Liverpool, missing De Bruyne, and we haven't seen Aguero hardly all season, so it's quite scary the strength and depth that they have, and I think Liverpool are lacking a little bit in that. Their first eleven's probably the best, if not one of the best in the world, but um, unfortunately we haven't been able to see that as much this season, but I think it's, yeah, the squad depth isn't isn't what it should be.
0: The only game uh, that's the, seen it was Everton away.
3: Yeah, I um, was going to say, like, um, what, what Brendan was saying, Philly, I'm sure you'd agree, like, Klopp, Klopp works with 18 players. That's what he likes to work with as a core group. And he, that promotes better unity. He thinks he can get more out of the squad that way. But when you have injury crisis like we are having, you're absolutely fucked. And then also what um, uh, Johnny touched on was about Salah, you know, cashing in the chips, and I would have thought, we've talked about this in recent weeks, that that would be a good strategy. What worries me is the recent developments in La Liga showing how skint Barcelona and Real Madrid are, who have been yeah. basically you know, providing us with cash flow now for years. You know, Alonso Suarez, Mascherano, Coutinho, we have sold players regularly to them to reinvest, and with our sustainable business model that FSG go by, where we sort of spend within our means, that worries me. Where is the money going to come from now without, obviously, with the pandemic uh, limiting our finances and uh, limiting everyone's finances. But with Liverpool, we, we don't have a sugar daddy and just go out and chuck 50 million at a defender or, or whatever. And that's going to be, purse strings are going to be even tighter now. So I don't know what to think about that, Philly.
0: Well, we do have a sugar daddy, but he just doesn't play that game. Um, John Henry's worth 4 billion. Uh, I think it's more and tom werner is supposedly worth more than them now uh but they just they don't they don't they don't play that game which is which is fine I'm ha- I i I like the way our model is you know it's all about sustainability and, and they have spent big money after they've received big money don't get me wrong it's not as if we've we've um haven't spent any money and we're doing this all on on, on freebies mm-hmm. or anything, like a third not at all but um the yeah, the the two La Liga clubs that are massively struggling, um, is an interesting one. Sort of where are they going to land themselves now in in, uh, in the European landscape? Like, are they going to go on a bit of a barren run now in in the like, the Champions League and and different things? And even like this year it looks like, <clears throat> Atletico Madrid are going to streak away with La Liga, uh, which would be nice. But uh, someone like PSG could possibly want Salah or someone. I I, I don't want him to go anyway. It would be, if you're going to replace one of the front three and try and maybe not cash in, but move him on and get some sort of money back, it, it would be Firmino. But just on cashing in, I don't understand Liverpool's policy of keeping Divock Origi. Nothing against Divock and He scored that goal in Madrid, which, which is brilliant. I'll never forget it. But then letting M- M- Minamino go, and then Minamino playing as well as he did for San at the weekend when Liverpool's front three needs freshened up. I honestly do not understand that uh, from club. So it's weird. I don't know what's going on. It's a strange thing. Uh, Liverpool have hit their dip. Uh, I'll be careful who I say I hit their dip this week because I can't be arsed getting fans from certain clubs uh, only listening to a two-second clip and making their mind up instead of actually listening to the full podcast. Um, but I will say to finish off the topic on, on Liverpool and Man City, Man City have only six more points than they did this time last season and that's the first time since Christmas or sorry, since October Liverpool have conceded more than one goal in the league it's just been so strange uh, like this season and, and, and the form of it so look, you never like getting chinned you, when you do, you take your licks and you move on if a game on Saturday, Liverpool can make it right if they don't and they fall out of the top four this year you won't hear me crying anyway do you know what I mean? it'll be, it'll be tough on the to take but we we'll have stuff to look forward to next season. Virgil van Dijk's coming back. I love watching Vir- Virgil Van Dijk play for Liverpool. And I'm looking forward to that. We'll see what happens. Um,
2: just on City as well, Phil, just before yeah. we we'll finish that topic. like oh, I, I know people yeah. are saying, oh, it's a, it's a done deal. And um, they're kneeled on to win the league and stuff. And, and they are, I think, heavy favourites now. But um, the, I think they will be if they get through their next six games. <clears throat> their next six games are, are um, Tottenham, Everton, Arsenal then Gladback, then West Ham, uh, and then United. So if they get through those six games um, with as good a record as, as they've had in the previous 10 or 11, um, I think we can probably safely say it is over because mm. that's probably their, their toughest stretch of games that they have left.
0: Um, at, on Saturday night then, uh, really good game at Old Trafford, uh, Manchester United and Everton. United had raced out into a 2-0 lead. Uh, can't remember, Cavani was an absolutely unbelievable cross from Marcus Rashford. And then Bruno Fernandes decided to slap one into the top corner. I thought it was Pickford and because the keeper had no arms, but it wasn't. It was uh, the <laughs> Um, ah, uh, Which was grand. And even though some United fans kept recalling it or saying this was Cantona, and it was nothing like Gary Um And it was, a, it was a brilliant goal. And then Everton came out and King Carlo had them flying. And they clawed it back to two all. Went to three two. Scott McTominay, um, or Scott McSauce, I think United fans might call him, scored again. And then just pure poetry for Everton fans. Then ninety fourth minute, get an equaliser and sort of set Man City up as we said to go on and and get a bit of a gap in the league. But I just wonder what you sort of thought about this, Patrick and Brenton, sort of like United the weekend. It, it just sort of I feel like it sort of summed up how they are going this season, that result?
3: Yeah, like, you know, it's a very disappointing result for, for Manchester United, especially with being a, a couple of goals to the good at, at one point. Um, You know, they, they have... It's sort of nearly like a reverse of what they've been used to. They've been used to going behind and, and, and coming back and winning in kind of high-scoring games, and this was kind of the, the other way around for them. Um, I'm sure they're most disappointed by the Calvert-Lewins late equaliser but it shows I've got to say I haven't watched the whole game I saw chunks of the game and I've I've since seen the highlights I thought United played some unbelievable stuff at times I thought playing out from the back I thought their passing was so crisp so incisive they know when to slow it down they know when to speed it up the players that just sort of absolutely flood the wide areas and create space and then uh, Bruno's picking up these little positions uh, there actually were, you know, it, it pains me to say as a Liverpool fan at times, but I think you gotta appreciate when you see some good football and at times to play some great, great stuff. Um, yeah, they did You know, I <laughs> it feels like I slag off Harry Maguire all the time. I'm not saying any of these goals were directly his fault, but I think the that's third what one was. Th- <laughs> all <laughs> yeah. of them were. I, I think their defense isn't good enough. You know, and we <laughs> I think we've all said that for weeks. Um, I know. You know this is rich coming from a Liverpool fan this weekend. Who, who obviously, Allison had a fair performance, but you know De Gea isn't at the levels he was at a few years ago when he was regularly winning Manchester United's Player of the Year. When he was, you know, arguably the arguably one of the best keepers in Europe. You know he's not what he was either, and um, it feels like a house built on sand. Uh, it feels like Liverpool 2013, 2014 were going yes. forward outstanding, but you've got Kolo Touré at the back ready to Aye. throw hand throw hand grenades in his box or whatever. <laughs> and you know, some of the some of the in fact, you know, he came up with a few shocking errors that season. Martin Skirtle too, uh, with John Flanagan playing left back, I think at times, you know, we had a house built on sand and it catches up on you. Especially when you've you've defenders who are prone to errors. And I think Maguire, although he'd put his head on an articulated lorry, he he's not a fantastic <laughs> on the deck. And
0: wreck that loyalty, I
3: know he would. He would he'd put that Patrick off.
1: I will have <laughs> you know that Colo Torre is a double invincible, just so you know. <laughs> you tell me any well, other player that's a double invincible.
3: We, we, we are far from the peak of his power, yes, so we, we were. Yeah. Cult hero, mind you, for us, Jetty. But
0: yeah, uh, scored he, a great one goal beat. against West Brom <laughs> yeah.
3: following on from Jamie Carger. But
0: uh, yes, that's what United reminds me of. Um, but a very enjoyable game. Yeah, really good Saturday night game. Uh, Brent, like I, I know you enjoy the equalizer, like, but as 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 Patrick was saying there, going forward, United are frightening. Um, but it's just sort of what they can do now at the back, and I don't know what you make of it. Like, do you, do? You, this is what I said last week. Um, and this is where we got a little bit of feedback. Um. About their dip, but out of the last 12 points, I think you th- I
2: threw you under the bus for that.
0: You absolutely fucking roasted me. Uh, it's supposed to be my brother in law, and you absolutely you absolutely roasted me. As soon as I heard it, Tess, like, he has done me a kipper. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's like, not not to keep going on about it and annoy anyone, but that's out of the possible 12 points. You only got five. It's a bit of a dip, but I'll say nothing. Um, what did you make of starting <laughs> of, of anything? And you can use that as your clip, Brenton. What did you make of Saturday night, Brenton? And, and how, how pleased were you when Calvert lewin scored a legalizer? <laughs>
2: uh, I'll, I'll have you know that the only reason I was pleased is because Donald Calvert lewin is in my fantasy team. No, no you other were pleased
0: reason. because of your big brother. That's I funny.
1: put him on
2: the bench. <laughs> nice Hi,
1: Jonathan. <laughs> Fuck my life.
0: You're worse. You're worse <laughs> than me at fancy and I don't play it.
1: I, I put a Calvert-Lewin on the bench and I also had another player, which I can't recall right now, who got nine points on the bench as well. Do and you know I started Lacazette, you know. who got one point.
0: Do you know who you remind me of, Johnny? You know when Venger was coming to his end at Arsenal and he was just saying in morons, like Scalacci and all, having the crack? That's what you remind me of A fantasy. Just <laughs> literally make a mistake after mistakes sir.
3: <laughs> right. it's it's It's
1: horrendous. I actually put Rob Holding in my team at the start of the week because Rob's been in good form <laughs> and he's oh god like <laughs> conceded we haven't scored i mean i feel like i feel like i'm jinxing the team like, honest to god. Sorry,
0: uh, like... yeah It's all Sam? yes sorry brenton to bring it back the the game was Saturday night it was a great game as patrick and a uh, alluded to earlier but what did you make of it and, and, and like chelsea coming on hot in the tails in this top four race and um, what do you mm-hmm. make? Of, you play at Manchester United very soon as well. So, what do you make of Manchester United this season and, and how they've been getting on?
2: Um, very entertaining to watch. Um, <laughs> I watch. <laughs> is somebody laughing at that right? like, <laughs> um, I, I watch most United games. <laughs> um, just just because they actually are really good going forward. Um, and they give you a chance at the back. Um, so there's always there always tends to be goals. Um. But, yeah, I mean, the first half and actually most of the second half, Everton didn't play that well in the second half. Um, United were brilliant. The, some of the uh, passages of play going forward, Fernandez, unbelievable. Um, <clears throat> I think he's probably been the best player in the league this year. Um, Cavani has been such an addition to that squad. So much so that he's a starter now, nailed on, uh, and the, both of those players actually the amount of work they get through um, and the amount of quality they have is such a good combination. Um, you see Cavani when he when he loses the ball or when somebody else loses the ball, he, he hurries and hassles and gets after them, and um, the same with Fernandez. But he, you know, for a striker of of the age of Cavani, it's very impressive, and I think that's why when you look at Martial so frustrating because he walks around the pitch and he he pass there and he just stands there and he won't go and um then his finishing has, has been shocking recently as well. I think that's why he's getting left out of the team but um yeah it's it's really um two sides of the coin for United. Like I think they're they're okay apart from the the two centre halves. I think even they're we spoke about Luke Shaw. I think last week how how good he's been this season. And um, Wan Bissaka is is solid defensively. Um, not a lot of people get past him, and he is developing his game um, going forward as well. We got a goal in that nine 0 and he's had a couple of assists. So <clears throat> he is. Um, those two are, are, I think, okay and can be made into you know consistent starters and um, really good players for United. But it, the problem has been around for a couple of years. They don't have world class center halves, Um and yeah, you, you mean you saw the, uh, the issues that that causes, and for the third goal especially, McGuire is, is just so far um, back uh, <laughs> on the defensive line for the for the Calvert-Lewin goal attack. I actually think you
0: thought joke. he was doing that.
2: I know, like he he should be the one organizing that line, getting them up and high as possible. Um to you know to try and catch the Aberton players offside because if he's <laughs> up there Calvert Lewin's offside by May and then De Gea as well. Like Patty's touched on it too, but he's making too many errors yeah. um he, that are leading the goals. To the and I think it was yeah. Yeah, he's he's really going to back to the De Gea that first came when he you remember he was he was kind of afraid to come out for crosses and um yeah. he's he was that da- yeah, he was definitely <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much sums it up, Jerry. Yeah. Um he was. but yeah, he 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 definitely he has no balls anymore, basically. Like he he just has no confidence and um he should I think they said in commentary he should be coming out and going oh. through Calvert Loon and and wiping so, him out. Um, so gets a good to point, Brent. So
0: made a really good point, Brent, as well, because he said afterwards um you can't be conceding every time there's a shot at the posts go or a shot going toward but between the posts, you know what I mean? It's basically saying like he has to start saving things. Which is like and, yeah, and well, this never, is one thing. Aaron had three shots on target. <laughs> yeah. This this is one thing like I will give Solskar credit for. His man management has been brilliant. It really has what he's done at School because Paul gets picked out on all the time, especially in the media, and Solskar has really looked after him and brought him around. And he's done so well with a lot of them. It's like, like what he's done with Luke Shaw. For instance, you know what I mean? Like, given Bruno Fernandes the captain's armband that time in Champions League, not telling him until the press conference, you could see that Fernandes level. You could see it, it right? Brilliant, like an, a, a Rashford and different things as well. So he's done really well. But I, I was so surprised when I heard him say that, but I think De Gea needed to hear that. You know, he has been so let Well, i like, either say they're
2: going to give him a kick up the ass or he's going to just he, gradually get
0: replaced go. by Dean Henderson, like... Um, just on McGuire, it reminded me of you know when you played football in primary school and like, say, you knew that the bell was going to go in a couple of seconds and your your team was defending and everyone's went in the line, and so there's just like ten goalkeepers standing on the line so nobody could score. That's what it reminded me of that. how McGrath panicked and he went and stood in nets with that with so they couldn't score the dose and he played everyone onside and then, Coverley and tucks it away. and um, he's back in the goals as well and they have two games in hand over they were put in fourth so they're going to be in that mix. Um. For top four, top four races really heating up. Before we touch on Chelsea in the top four, I we have to get Darth Maud in on the Arsenal. Mm. Um, What's your crack? Like?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the crack is that, well, here he the, goes. The game against Vela, I mean, we just shot ourselves in the foot, really. C- Cedric, just, I don't know what he's playing on, but um, it was a stupid goal to give away. Nevertheless, like, uh, I mean, what I Emmy mean, Martinez like just threw Lagos like, out to the ground, like, and I don't know. Like, I mean, the referee in the last two Arsenal games has been fucking horrendous.
2: And the swarms back, the swarms back, but <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't I mean, think did, you, did you write a letter to Mike Dean by any chance? Or?
1: <laughs> I, uh, you know what? You see the thing with Mike Dean, like, I, I don't, I don't think it's right that he's got death threats, but <laughs> Oh, it <my> dropped. Like, <laughs> oh I've like, uh, I seen I see oh a very, God. a very good tweet from uh, at Arsenal Homerton, and I'm going to credit it for him here. Um He said that the death threats to Mike Dean are, are basically uncalled for, but like a good dead leg or a wedgie would have been suffice, you know, and I, I agree, like, you know, just literally go up and pull the short right up his ass, but um, some some very very bad refereeing decisions. Like, um, I I don't know. Like the Saka. Like I think they had. Is it what's his name? Peter Walton on um, BT at the weekend, Um that boy's yeah, clown too. It. And I think they had another one on. Uh, Gall- Gallagher is it what the hell Dermot Gallagher is that, is that right? was he, was he a former oh, yeah, referee? He's
2: on Sky usually. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I really think they should have like a former referee who didn't ref in this country who's completely impartial to the whole thing because them boys are just sticking up for their ex-colleagues and it's obvious like you know they don't want to put them in a bad light because they're their mates but the refereeing standard in England is horrendous and Wenger said it before the 2018 World Cup that there's only two leagues in the world that has professional referees and it's England and Italy and not one English referee went to the World Cup and there's a reason for it because they're shade and like the Mike Dean red card was a joke as well, like, and I understand that he initially didn't give it and it was VAR that told him to go look at it. But like Mike Dean thinks he's a celebrity. And I don't I don't think that death threats are right. I don't think it is at all that anyone should receive death threats. But he was asking for some form of abuse for the fact that he's jumping about and the way he gets on in the pitch. Like referees should be there to do a job, not try to be the main star on the show, like Leave that to the footballers, like that's what they're paid for to perform and entertain us. Referees should just referee the game, and I believe the referees in the English league just don't have a clue about half the rules. They kind of just make it up as they go along. They're absolute idiots, and and they're not helped by VAR. Makes them look like even bigger idiots. So like, but like yeah yeah um sorry to go off on the referees there. I just hate them. They're a bunch of bollocks. But Arsenal um like I really just hate football again, like because. Last week, like, Arsenal fans are loving Arteta and oh, he's great and got a great result against United, really a draw when they're missing three great players. And then after two bad results, you know, it's Arteta out and oh, blah, 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 and it's bullshit again. It just makes me just fucking hate it. I can't even bother. Like, I'm just, I actually was so glad the rugby came back this weekend and then immediately regretted it after the rugby match yesterday. So, I mean, like, it's just, it was just a shit weekend for sport for me. Like, I just, I'm just so fed up with, it. like, you know, and me and Jake talk after a lot of Arsenal games now, and um, he he said to me that, and he probably isn't that he he's found it hard to watch Arteta's Arsenal, and I I think that we as Arsenal fans we all should understand that Arteta was brought in with the fact that he's going to make mistakes, and it's going to be a long road before he kind of gets it right. And yeah. you know what? If if at the end of the day he I Don't know, brings a premier league title to, to Arsenal or, or something, even a Europa League. Like, that would be in my eyes, that would be a success. Like, you know, he's, he's done what he's brought in for, but it's going to take a lot of patience and a long time for us for Arteta to turn this club around. Like, it's been absolutely mismanaged for years. So, let's not just lose our heads after losing two games. Like, freaking chill out. God, football fans are melts.
0: Arteta, <laughs> Arteta mightn't win uh, the league, but, but Arteta's job primarily now is to start building foundations again. Yeah. You know what uh, I mean? So he, he has to be given I think three years at, at least before we can make a real judgment on it. And it might be then the case that we don't think McHill's gonna win us the major trophies. So we're gonna move on. But if he has those players in place, Saka, Emil Smith Rowe, Kieran Tierney, but um, and maybe Ode, Ode, or whatever, um an all striker, someone coming through defensively, do you know what I mean? People like that there. Um that's what Arsenal need to be worried about and, and getting that in and getting that base in and then they'll go again and then if it's not Arteta you find someone like your Klopp, your Ferguson, your next finger and then you'll be able to bounce from there, do you know what I mean? But he he, he was given a pretty shite base to work on mm-hmm. and then he started the rebuilds. There, there's no patience in football unfortunately and <laughs> it's either you get instant success or you become an instant cult hero like Bielsa at Leeds just an instant hero and then you give him all the time you want or you have to win something pretty early on, or it's just you're down a slippery slope, it seems to be. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think I think even yeah. if you look at Liverpool, like, you know, they have been so successful <laughs> for years, but now that they're kind of, who are the fourth? I yeah. think Liverpool fans are now impatient and are raging, and I've heard some Liverpool fans getting pissed off a lot, but I think that's a very small minority. Um, but it just shows the different ends of football, like a successful team that are now not doing well for one season, and the fans are cracking up, like, would they rather go back to not winning the league for thirty years? I doubt it. Like we, we haven't won the league in since two thousand four is a long time, like so and it's coming up to twenty years, like and you know, that that's the way it is. Like you're you're in the, the sun one day and out of it the next. So I mean like it's just it's just the sport. We we can't really compete with the likes of Man City and stuff, who can just buy in whoever the hell they want. So like we we are a bit like Liverpool with the self sustaining model, you know, we don't spend what we don't have, so it's what you're up against, like, and if if we're not gonna be patient and try and see what Arteta can do, then what's what's really the point, like, of even the to watch the team anymore?
0: Brenton, speaking of no patience, Romans, I say Mr. Obramovich pretty happy enough for the first three games Tommy Tuchel has been in. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I'm sure he is. It's um yeah. it's been quite an immediate impact he's had. Um and I think they'll face sterner tasks, but, um, I mean, on paper Tottenham probably is one, but on the night, they, they just didn't show up Tottenham and, and they were poor in the setback and did what marino has been doing this season. Um, and they didn't have Kane, which was obviously a massive blow for them. Um, but yeah, he's, he's tweaked the system. You can tell he's more of a tactician than Lampard was. And it's just through experience that that's going to happen. Um, but um I, I like some of the signs. I like what he's doing with Mount. He's looked even better since Tuchel has come in. Um the way he played him as a false nine and um you know he was dropping in and, and getting on the half turn and, and popping passes off and he's he's scoring as well. And then again, you know, he's getting Werner playing. Verner got mad on the match last night and I know he didn't score, but he was an assist, and he won the penalty. So, um, and that was clever too. I mean, I think I was reading an article on Giroud's position as the number nine was was deeper than Werner's was because jury was coming in right into midfield, and um, it gave, it made that or meant that somebody was following jury in there, and it created space in behind for Werner to run into, and he he did do that, and he did that for the goal. Um, and he did that for the penalty as well. So um we things like that I think are working and um obviously there's no manager bounce as well. People are trying to um, perform and, and um, get into the reckoning. Um yeah, he's he's improved. He's improved Alonso he's he's improved um Jorginho and Kovacic have looked good in midfield as well, and Kante still has to come back in there at some stage. So there's it's healthy competition. Um. Yeah, they're going well. At the man one point behind Liverpool is is astonishing compared to to where we were. You know, when when Tuchel first came in.
0: Yeah, it looks like he, he has sorted a lot out, as you said, pretty quickly. I, I know you made the comment. He's obviously <clears throat> a bit more of a te- tactician. He is. He, he's obviously a good couple of years ahead of Frank Lampard in in, in his coaching career as well. Like um, but it. it if Roman couldn't really have asked for a better, maybe obviously beat Wolves, but a better start. And there is going to be tough games. You say coming up, like Atletico Madrid in a couple of weeks is going to be, um, pretty difficult. And before Tuchel came in, I would have been on the, the thinking that, I can't really see anything but an Atletico Madrid win here because they're flying. Um, it's Simeone, you know what he's going to do. But now with Tuchel there, you just think he might have something up his sleeve or Simeone in this game, so it, that could be a cracking tie. Now it was going to be a good time, but that could be a really cracking tie. So, wh- where do you think where do you think Chelsea will land, Brent? There was fifteen league games, I think, to go. But where do you think Chelsea will land at the end of the season?
2: <laughs> um, so hard to say. Um, but I'd like to think they'll they'll try and push for top four. Um, and again, depends on uh probably injuries and, and I know we spoke about the likes of Vardy um, if he's not fully fit or if Leicester you know lose another couple of players I think Chelsea's squad is better than Leicester's um, if nothing else Chelsea have a very strong squad especially this season with the players that they've brought in um, but yeah I mean they the best form in the league at the minute um, apart from Man City Um three wins on the bounce and they're in a good place they've, they've got a couple of um, easier games on um, on paper coming up um, to, to you know get a few more points on the board but there, you know you, I think you mentioned earlier that like, so Aberton still they still have two games in hand on Chelsea and they could really push into it as well so it's going to be so tight in around there I think it, a lot of it is going to be about who stays fit and we, Thiago Silva was injured there for Chelsea, which could be a big loss. We don't know how long he's going to be out yet, so um, little things like that. From the start that Tuchel's made, um, I think I would be disappointed if they didn't get top four, but there's a lot of competition there this season.
0: It'd be interesting, at my top four, I, I don't know, I would worry for Liverpool now unless they can sort, of sort things out that they could find themselves in it bit of a shitty battle for it and possibly miss sides, but if we get any more injuries, they're completely dust. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, to finish up the poll this week, man, has any of been at anything weird or wonderful or watched anything weird or wonderful over the last week or so? Yeah, You've Arsenal. Been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely weird and not wonderful. Like. Definitely very weird, yeah. Uh, I, I, wa- <laughs> I watched, I caught up with WandaVision. Uh, that was a really good episode this week, Johnny. Um, oh, awesome. it was awesome. It was great. Sets it up well, but uh, she's, Wanda's obviously, we'll not get too much into but it, but it's gone a bit, but mate, still watching the West Wing, still motoring through that. I'm on two episodes almost a day now. Um, I don't know how I'll get a with addiction when it, when it finishes, actually. I never really thought of that. And I, I shaved my head. And actually, Bretton shaved my head first because he's part of my bubble. And that was grand, but I wanted it shorter, didn't I? What? Um, cause I wanted it to, because my, da- my dad shaved his head, you see, for his treatment. So I thought, right, I'll shave my head. And then I was like, no, nah, I want this shorter. <sighs> so it did. Just kept saying, and I
2: want it shorter. I want it shorter. Yeah. I want it shorter. And
0: I was like, hang on a minute. You want her <laughs> or what? So I did it. And Sarah doesn't really curse, usually, but she was sitting behind me in the sofa. And axe. I made. I did make a mistake, but it's all right. It looks okay now. Um, I like yep. <laughs> It's like it's 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 like a one all over now. And I act did didn't. I, I I thought it was a three, but it wasn't. And I did the the big shave up the up the middle of your head first, because it was already shaved down a, a, a good bit anyway by Brenton. So it was always short. Like I thought. No, I'll whack this off. Finish it off. And Sarah behind me went. Oh, for fuck's sake! That was <laughs> a, instant reaction. I looked, in, door, I looked in the mirror and I had a reverse mohawk. I actually felt like keeping it. Like your man from <laughs> the band. You know the, you know the band that did Smooth Criminal, the remix of it? And he had this like inver- in reverse mohawk. Oh, I felt yes. like keeping it. Uh, but I didn't. So I ant off, farm, it, was that what they were yeah, called? Well, maybe was it then? Something somewhere are like that. You, well, you're definitely a little geek. Um, so I did <laughs> that. That and her
3: brings. Can, can I can I moan about her for a second?
0: You certainly can, sir, yes.
3: Just whenever you were talking about her, it it, it sort of brought this up in my mind. So, Joe Linton got fined 200 quid for getting his hair cut by a barber this week. Yes. You know, for putting up a picture or whatever. Why does every fucking Premier League footballer have a fresh fade? And Foden had his little line. Those boys shouldn't be getting their hair cut by professionals or whatever, unless their girlfriends are unbelievable.
1: Fell Foden to chav. And that's why he's got the wee lane this her because he's a chav, <laughs> and he's just like he's, he's he can be good at football, but he's still a chav and he's still a wee prick, so whatever.
0: I noticed as well how many fresh cuts there are, like in yeah. in football, like there's so many going on. and Nobody's saying, "Hang on, lads, what?" That's pretty. The, like, close pretty contact short, like.
3: services are still closed all over the, the UK, so there's uh, I suppose they just probably haven't been foolish enough to put up a photo with their barber, who's not part of their bubble. On social yeah. media, but I just I just thought I'd have a wee moan there for a second, so uh, don't mind me. I
2: mean, yeah, like, could the,
3: like...
1: they could open them again, like? Because like I'm in dire need of a haircut, like it's
0: oh. you know,
1: like <laughs> it's it's kieran there, it's not even just normal there, <laughs>
0: really, really hard. Um, yeah. well, well, Brent's in my bubble because obviously, um, Fins, Granny, and granda, um, obviously I have to look after him and whatever. So he, he cut mine, so no laws were broken. I am not paying 200% anyway. Shut up your bollocks, if You ever tries to give me that. <gasps> I, uh, sweat, That's I, a
3: nap. I swear, it's, to a, it's, a it nice, off.
0: it's a nice cut. I, like, I actually I like it. I went into work today, though. I went into work today, though, and I was told I totally looked like a neo uh, na- Nazi. And a Nazi sympathizer. So I was like, mm, maybe this isn't the look I was going for, uh, to be honest, like. Not as bad as a neo Nazi. No, <laughs> not as bad. But uh, there you are. Um, so no, nothing else weird on. But we we've obviously have the podcast has already been out this week. Um, with the brilliant Daniel story, Mr. Brent, I got to sit down with him last Tuesday. I think that's Tuesday morning and chat to him. It was unreal. We've got a couple of pieces that have gone up as well. Steve's brilliant Super Bowl preview. Still read it. It's still, still effective. It's brilliant. And then Patrick made his writing debut for for the Babel Sir with a little piece on on football and obviously in the Irish League, which I think hit home for a lot of people. That was brilliant. So, um. Keep them coming, uh, folks, and on an ease one right, whatever. But I think that will do us for this week. Um catch all of our podcasts and um, just on your podcast apps, just search for football football babble pod, sorry, and, and you'll get it. Um get us on, on Twitter as well on Facebook under the same name and Instagram. Uh Brenton do the Patreon link.
2: Patreon.com forward slash football babble oh it what is this you, wizardry
0: you almost got it wrong too i was hoping you did um so just go on to that and if you can like donate a pound if you want to donate more sound but it's only a pound Um, one pound a month 12 pound a year keeps us going and help us produce more and more content we have a couple more podcasts lined up coming up very soon Um, a new one as well that myself and patrick are going to do so stay tuned for that and folks we'll see you and speak you all again next week enjoy the football good luck party on.